Welcome to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here, not with Doug Norvell today. Um, as many of you know, we have done a uh, replay the last couple of days. Doug Norvell's dad has been sick for some time, and last week he kind of took a turn for the worse, and he ended up passing away last night. And so Doug Norvell is out today, and we need to be in prayer for Doug and his family as they navigate uh, this time. Doug has an amazing testimony uh, regarding his relationship with his dad, and perhaps he'll share that sometime on the show. Um, but for now, uh, let's pray for the family as they navigate the loss of Doug's father. And um, yeah, I know that he would appreciate it very much, and he would feel uh, his whole family would feel our prayers as they go through this time. We're believing that God is going to give them peace that passes all understanding and wisdom as they navigate the days of head and ahead. And so we're going to be rallying around them this week and uh, moving forward. And so we would just appreciate your prayers as we uh, go through this together as a family here at End Time. Um, but since it's just me today, sort of, I thought it would be a good time to introduce you all to my family. Um, so on set today, it looks a little bit different than normal. We've got my Two boys here, Shiloh, Brady, my oldest, and this is Rosie Ray, and my wife, of course, Kate. And so uh, the kids are only going to be here for the first few minutes, and then my wife will be here with us for the whole show. And we're going to do something special. Uh, we're going to do some clips featuring Irvin and talk a little bit around those clips. And so we're really ex- excited about the show today, and these boys love Into the Age. Uh, I come home and catch Brady going... Uh, this is End of the Age with Vince Stegall and Doug Norvell, and him and Shiloh are standing there staging the show, so you boys want to say hi? Hi. What about you, Shiloh? What about you, Shiloh? Nope. Well, if you're watching on your radio, you're missing out on quite a watching beautiful view. Watching on the radio. View. Yeah, well, I say that sometimes. Uh, they're missing out on a, a beautiful view of the best-looking kids around. So here they are. My wife, we're so glad to have... Her, her name is Caitlin, and we actually met through End Time. So I thought for this first segment we could talk about that and uh, her connection to End Time. So, babe, Brady said, are you going to call Mama Babe on the show? He did. And I said, probably not, but if it was fitting. So uh, tell everybody how you uh, came about following End Time. Uh, so... We need to pass Rosie off. We, we were ready for this, just yeah. in case. Thanks. Here we go. All right. So, um, what year did your grandfather go in? 96, I think. Okay. So, I'd have been about four years old when my mom started uh, listening on the radio to Irvin. And um, so, I grew up listening to your grandfather first. For... I guess, like, through the carpool lines and stuff, my mom was always playing it. So you're the kid in the back seat that's annoyed by the talk radio show. No, I, your grandfather's voice was very nostalgic to me. <laughs> and so I didn't know what he was talking about, but um, I don't remember being annoyed by it. <laughs> well, what was that like then? Because there's a lot of parents out here that um, want their kids to be... Here goes Shiloh. Go get Brittany, Shiloh. Go get Brittany. Brady, you go with, you go with Shiloh and get Brittany, okay? All right. Um, there, there's a lot of parents out here who listen to End of the Age Now, and they want their kids to be more involved in Bible prophecy and current events, and maybe they feel a little hopeless because 
it's not in a cartoon or it's not as cool as Coco Melon or whatever it may be. So uh, from, from the kid's perspective, what can you say to parents out there that are hoping their kids get more engaged? Ooh, that's this is not question. rehearsed at all. We had, we had no plan. <laughs> well, so I'm totally blindsiding uh, you. You know, it's, this may not be the content that, you know, our, like Brady is going to absorb. Our, Brady's our typical oldest. Typical four-year-old. Four-year-old, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got you've to plan in them what you, what you want them to consume. So um, definitely not the <laughs> shows that you mentioned. Um, they're not going to steer them that direction, but... Um, I'm sure there's great resources out there. You know? So, like, sticking them on the iPad for hours unending is probably you know, not how I, it's going to get I haven't through. tried that before, but... <laughs> <laughs> so then um, the way we... So that was when you were young, though. Mm-hmm. How did it develop? Because actually, if, if folks out there have watched um, End Time University or gone through Jerusalem Prophecy College and gone through Understanding the Bible or Keys to Spiritual Growth, there's actually some crowd shots, and Kate's mm-hmm. in there as Uh-oh. a teenager... Uh, you may not recognize her. She looks a little bit different in those um, in those shots. I would have been what, 15, 14, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Fourteen or fifteen. Um, yeah. So you weren't always the four year old in the back seat. It, no, no. It developed, and you yeah. were a fan basically. Yeah. So I went through the um, salvation package. Um, I was going to a popular church around here, and um, I went through the salvation package and. In it, I realized that there were scriptures I'd never, you know, I grew up in Christianity going to church, but I'd never, like, seen these scriptures before, heard them before. And I realized that the church I was attending wasn't preaching the whole Bible, all truth. Uh oh. Yeah, and so that's where you kind of came in. You introduced, you actually. And you hated me at first. Let's just clarify that (laughs) because some people go, oh, you know, she followed in time. And you kind of swooped in, but actually, oh, yeah. you weren't really a fan of me. No, at the I didn't. Beginning of my well, connection with your family, I didn't. I'm still trying to win her over, but I. Well, this is back in MySpace days, so that's the first time I saw you. Some people don't know what that is, but yeah, social media, like at its social media before day. Facebook and all yeah. that. And I saw his picture, and I did. You were mad that you weren't in my top eight. Um, probably. <sighs> No, I thought he was really cute, actually, okay. when I saw his profile okay. picture. I had a little bit more hair back then. You did have a lot of hair. It was spiked. Things were a little different. Yeah. But, um, no, he was. I was very plugged in in my church, and I felt like he was trying to uh, take my family and I like away from that, um, not really understanding what was fully going on. And so, yeah, I, was, I didn't appreciate that. So her mom emailed in a prayer request and I was the one that responded and we started corresponding back and forth and it was just like anybody else that emails in here and we're praying for you during our prayer meetings in the morning and so forth and found out that they live nearby and then we ended up, um, I think the first time I met them was they came to a uh, freedom celebration around the July 4th time and then I came over to their house and just uh, years later we started dating mm-hmm. and 2014 is when we got married. Mm-hmm. Now we have three wonderful children and here we are. Here we are. I <laughs> don't know how this is. Ready for the tribulation, right? <laughs> but always, always. Glad to have my wife Caitlin with us today. She'll be here for basically the full show 
And uh, we're going to get into a prophecy that may not be for everyone, so don't go anywhere. And also, I mean, we've got the prettiest host we've ever had. You probably want to share the video on Facebook and get the word out. So do that. We'll be right back. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with my wife, Caitlin Stegall. No Doug Norvell today. Um, Doug's father passed away um, last night, and so he will not be here today. Uh, please be in prayer for Doug and his family as they navigate um, these very unfortunate times. And uh, they are certainly feeling our prayers now. There's some of you out there that already know about this and have been praying for Doug. So we're, we're so appreciative of your prayers rallying around Doug and his family as they navigate um, such a, a crisis in their life to uh, lose his father is no easy thing. And so thank you for your prayers on that. He does plan to be back tomorrow. Um, he... he um, finds peace and um, a little comfort in getting into some type of routine. So he will be here tomorrow. He wants to be here. And so we're not going to stop him. And we'll be on the show tomorrow. And um, I don't know, maybe he'll share the testimony about his father a little bit. Um, At some point, I I doubt he'll be ready by tomorrow, but at some point he'll probably share that. And it's a pretty incredible testimony. So hopefully that'll get out sooner rather than later. But um, since... I didn't, Doug wasn't going to be here and Dave's in Israel on his way back. I thought, wow, somebody actually uh, mentioned it yesterday. You should have Caitlin get on here with you. And I texted her and I was like, they think you should come on. And she's like, yeah. She sent me back a a laughing emoji, some little fat kid laughing (laughs) or a gif. And, uh, 
And so I was like, no, I think you should as well. And so here she is. If you missed it, the first segment, our kids were on with us for a few minutes before they uh, uh, were out of control. You know, they, they've been in here for almost an hour getting set up and everything. So doing pretty good for four, two, and six months. But um, my wife's here with me, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. And we're talking about today a prophecy that's not for everyone. And so I think it's important that you share this video because this prophecy that we're going to be discussing is specifically one that Irvin Baxter said was the most important prophecy in the entire Bible. And that's what we're looking at. We're going to consider it. It's actually found in Daniel chapter 7. And without understanding this prophecy, it's absolutely impossible to understand some of the key prophecies found in the book of Revelation. Now, what that means is simply that if you don't understand that, you may not understand what's happening around us today, the current events. That's what we do here in End of the Age. We explain current events through a lens of Bible prophecy. So if you don't understand Daniel chapter 7, you may not understand some things that are happening around the world right now. Maybe not even around the world, maybe in your hometown. And so our goal is to explain these things as best as we can and hopefully bring hope and peace to you as we navigate these end times. So we're going to start in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, and we're going to do verses 1 through 2. And normally Doug makes me read all the scriptures, and I thought, Psh, my wife's coming. She gets to read today since Doug's gone. So, babe, you have anything to say before you read? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you uh, agreed to come on. Yeah. Thanks. It gives us an extra hour together yeah. today. So that's I know. We've thing. never uh, been without three... Nor sat on the couch this far apart like this. It feels a little like like somebody thinks maybe we need some counseling. Oh, (laughs) I was thinking more like a date. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun too. But uh, Revelation 13, we better stay on track here. People are expecting prophecy. Absolutely. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. All right, like I told you, Irvin said this was the most important prophecy in the Bible. So we're going to get to that clip now. In order to understand this prophecy... Notice the different symbols used in describing this beast. The body of a leopard, the feet of a bear, the mouth of a lion, and seven heads and ten horns. These symbols are clearly explained in another prophecy found in the Old Testament. It is absolutely impossible to understand the Revelation 13 prophecy without first understanding the Old Testament prophecy that identifies each of these symbols. We're looking now at what I consider the most important prophecy in the entire Bible. We find this prophecy in Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Without understanding this prophecy, it is absolutely impossible to understand some of the key prophecies found in Revelation. Let's look now at Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. 
In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and, behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Let's pause a moment to point out that prophecy is almost always written in symbols. But they are symbols that will have meaning at the time of the prophetic fulfillment. Now these four beasts in Daniel chapter 7 verse 1 through 8 were a lion with eagle's wings, a bear with three ribs in its mouth, a leopard with four heads and four wings of a fowl, And then the last beast was so different from anything Daniel had ever seen that he really couldn't give a name to it. So he merely described it as having 10 horns. So what do these beasts symbolize? We can know. We don't have to guess because the symbols are explained for us later on in the very chapter where the prophecy is given. In Daniel 7, 17, it states, These great beasts which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Daniel 7.23 explains it further. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. So what do these beasts symbolize? Verse 17 says they symbolize kings. Verse 23 says they symbolize kingdoms. So a beast in Bible prophecy symbolizes a kingdom or a nation along with the ruler of that kingdom or nation. So that's the first big clue to understand this very important and critical prophecy. Our next question though is, when will these nations exist? After all, This is a 2,500-year-old prophecy. Could it be that it was fulfilled 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago? Well, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 tells us, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Right after giving us these four different nations, the prophecies about them, Daniel said, I watched until the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days, Jesus Christ, did sit. Now throughout the Bible, we are told that mankind will be allowed to rule himself until it becomes obvious that he cannot rule himself. After that time, then Jesus Christ will return to the earth. He will put down the thrones of men and he will be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will then usher in his 1,000 year kingdom we normally refer to as the millennial kingdom. Daniel 7 verse 11 gives us even a clearer picture as to when these nations will be upon the earth. Listen to it. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. 
I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Now let's pause a moment because we're going to find out in a little bit that the ten horns of the last beast symbolize ten kings. And then another horn comes up among the ten, uprooting three of them. And this last horn that comes up will then wax great and becomes the Antichrist. Now, the Bible teaches that when Jesus Christ comes, this Antichrist, who will have been ruling a one world government for a very short period of time, just before the second coming of Jesus back to the earth, when Jesus comes, he will destroy this leader called the Antichrist, sometimes referred to as the beast. And this passage tells us in verse 11, his body will be destroyed and given to the burning flame. Another scripture that tells us this same thing is found in Revelation 19:20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So there it is. The Antichrist and his religious partner, the false prophet, will be cast into the lake of fire at the time of the second coming. Now watch close because this next verse gives us critical information. As concerning the rest of the beasts. Now remember what beasts are? Nations. They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. So the Antichrist is going to be destroyed at the second coming of Jesus, but the rest of the nations will be allowed to live on. That means these nations will exist on the earth at the time of the Antichrist. Okay, now let's make sure we clearly understand this. So when Jesus Christ comes, destroys the Antichrist and his one world government, all the rest of these nations in Daniel 7 will also be existing on the earth. So when the Antichrist is destroyed, the other nations are not going to be destroyed. They are going to continue to live on the earth under the rulership of Jesus Christ and his church in the time called the kingdom of God or called the millennium. Now, critical point, this is what we need to remember. Jesus Christ will return to the earth during the lifetime of these nations prophesied in Daniel 7. So if we can prove that these nations all exist on the earth right now, then we can prove we're in the era of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, before we actually proceed to do that, I want to point out that if you've read other commentaries on the book of Revelation, you've probably read a traditional view of Daniel 7. The lion is Babylon. The bear is Media Persia. The leopard is Greece, and the ten-horned kingdom is the Roman Empire. Where does this come from? There's no real proof that this is true. Furthermore, the Bible proves it's not true. Let's go to the very next chapter, Daniel chapter 8, verse 20 through 21. In this chapter, there's a ram fighting against a he-goat. In chapter 8, verse 20 and 21, it says, The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. 
and the rough goat is the king of Grisha. So the ram is Media Persia, not the bear, as the traditional view has been. And the goat is Greece, not the leopard, as has been commonly taught. Remember, all these kingdoms in Daniel 7 must be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus. So if we can prove these nations symbolized by the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the ten horned beast, if we can prove they're on the earth right now, we can prove that we're in the time of the second coming of Jesus to this earth. Let's see if we can do it. Let's go back and look now at the description of each of these beasts. Daniel 7, 4 says, The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. When I was studying this just as a young man, I thought, well, who's the lion? Once I saw that these nations had to be on the earth at the time of the second coming. And because I believed we were in the era of the second coming, I thought, what nation on earth today could be the lion? Well, in my simplicity, I went to Webster's Third International Dictionary and looked up the name lion. And I couldn't believe what I saw. It said there, a symbol of a country, Great Britain. prophecy that's not for everyone and the reason for that is if you're not open-minded enough and self-honest enough to look at these things and say maybe they're true versus what I've been taught my whole life this probably isn't for you so if you're stuck in some mode of thinking and you're not willing to look outside of the box it's probably not for you though we we still want to be friends with you we'll still pray for you But we think this is one of the most important prophecies in the Bible because it literally will explain that if we can identify these beasts or these nations and know that they're around right now, then we can say that we are approaching the second coming of Jesus Christ and we're closer than we've ever been. So we feel like it's very important to know what these prophecies are saying and to be able to look at these countries and identify who they are so we can say... Jesus, we know you're coming back soon. We want to be ready. We want our friends and family to be ready. Uh, We're going to tell everybody we possibly can. So we're going to look a little bit more into this prophecy and explain uh, the current events a little bit closer on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. 
The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with my lovely wife, Caitlin Stegall, not Doug Norvell today. Uh, Doug's father passed away and he's not with us today, but he will be back tomorrow and uh, perhaps share the testimony that he has regarding his relationship with his father, which is incredible. It's encouraging and very inspiring. And so one day he'll probably share that. I'm not sure he'll be ready to do that tomorrow, but please keep Doug and his family in your prayers as they navigate these times. Now, what we're talking about today is a prophecy that's not for everyone, and and that's because not everyone's ready to hear this, and we understand that. Um, at one point, we didn't fully comprehend what we're talking about today either, and we've changed our opinion on some things over the years that we didn't really understand or maybe um, further establish an opinion. Sometimes we, we've been we've said over the years, we don't know. And then a few years later, the Lord reveals some things, some some things develop in the world, and we're able to pinpoint more information down and, and take a clearer stance. And we'll do that um, more and more as time goes by. People want to know, is King Charles the Antichrist? Well, today we're saying we don't know. We're not saying he is or he is not. We're saying we don't know. But as time comes and things occur, is it possible that he could be? Sure. But we're not ready to commit. We're not ready to tell you what day Jesus is coming back. We don't know these things, but we're going to do our best to tell you what we do know now. And that's um, one thing that we're focusing on today is what nations are here on earth and was it talked about in the Bible? And we believe that it was. Um, So we we don't have a lot of time to go over this, but I did want to make mention that um, what we're, the clips that we're watching today are from Revelation and the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's Irvin Baxter's last series that he did. He actually recorded the final episode of it literally about a month before he passed away. And so he recorded it and we did everything in editing, mostly on that last lesson after he had passed away. That whole series is available. If you want the DVDs, we have that available. If you want the book, that's available. And if you want just videos that are streamed similar to Netflix, you can go to watch.endtime.com. All 21 of these episodes are available with your subscription to watch.endtime.com. Now, it's also available for free right here today. So before you accuse us of just wanting your money, that's not what we're about. We want you to know the truth, and we're making it available today for free. So stick around, and we'll keep making it available for free on End of the Age because we have generous partners just like you who give every month to allow End of the Age to be free on the radio and on television and online every single weekday. So, babe, um, you remember when... You heard the modern nations in the Bible lesson, sort of? Sort of, yeah. What, what did that do for you to hear that these modern nations were in the Bible and that that means that we're really close to the second coming of Jesus? Do you recall? Uh, yeah, it's, it was bizarre thinking that 
anyone would aspire to uh, think the thought that Jesus would return any moment. Now, we're, if you just sub, you know subscribe to that, then you're missing out on a whole slew of prophecies. Now you uh, realize that's a can of worms. I do. Yeah, and I do. People go crazy <laughs> when we talk about that. Yeah, well, um, I will be off the show tomorrow, and <laughs> Doug will be back. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, you. I mean, the we're given so many prophecies to prepare for the second coming, and um, and it's exciting because we get a front row seat um, as these prophecies are being fulfilled. We know God is at work, and and we're getting closer to His second coming, and we get to participate. Which is huge. Yeah. We get to be part of it. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Uh, she's going to read Daniel 7, 6 now. We're going to get back into Irvin's clip. So, babe, you want to read that before we get into the clip? Absolutely. After this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Later on, I had the opportunity to go to London. And as I stood there at Trafalgar Square in London, I saw four huge lions, one looking north, one looking south, one looking east, one looking west. And then as I traveled through Great Britain, there were lions everywhere because the lion is the official symbol of the nation of Great Britain or the United Kingdom. Once I saw that, I thought, well, Let's take a look at the next beast. I went to Daniel chapter 7, verse 5, where it talks about the bear. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Well, I already knew that there was a major nation whose symbol was the bear. And then it was May the 21st of 1984 that I picked up Time Magazine. And on the front page, I saw this big grizzly bear biting the Olympic rings in two. Well, the story was that America had boycotted the Olympics in 1980. So in retaliation, the Soviets which of course today is known as Russia, the Soviets decided to boycott the Olympics in 1984. That's the reason in demonstrating this feature story for time that week with the caption, why the Soviets said yet. The word yet in Russian is the word for no. Well, then I found another magazine, The Economist magazine, February the 6th through the 12th of 1999. And it had a picture of the Russian bear And there on the front page was the picture of the bear trying to get honey out of a bowl. The Russian finances was in a horrible array at the time. So that was the story in The Economist magazine. Then July the 4th through the 10th of 2009, there was a picture of President Obama walking up the steps of an airplane. He was leaving to make his first foreign visit to Russia. He gets to the top, but when he gets to the top, he walks straight into the jaws of the Russian bear. Now, The Economist magazine is known as the most influential periodical in the world. It's called The Periodical of Kings and Presidents. It's published out of London by Lord Rothschild. So here it depicts President Obama walking into the jaws of the Russian bear. 
Almighty God knew this 2,500 years ago. So in the prophecies about the nations that will exist on the earth in the end time, just before his second coming, he used the official symbol of Great Britain, the lion, and the official symbol of Russia, the bear, because he wanted you and me to understand the nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming. Now, in the Indianapolis Star on January the 4th of 1980, and by now I was starting to understand all of these prophecies, but I was not prepared for what I saw because the big, bold headline all across the top of the editorial page that day, it said, after the British lion, the Russian bear. It was talking about Britain pulling out of the Middle East and Russia moving in as an influence. But to see the very symbols that God used 2,500 years ago for Great Britain and for Russia, to see it on the, on the editorial page of a secular newspaper, well, I'll just tell you, I was wowed by it. I thought, look at this. And the prophecy was written 2,500 years ago. Here I am today looking at it in the Indianapolis Star. Okay, let's look at the eagle now. There's something I didn't tell you when we talked about the lion. Let's go back to Daniel 7, 4. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. Okay, well, I knew that the eagle is the official emblem of the United States of America. I mean, just take a look at the back of your dollar bill, and there you'll see the American eagle. That is our official symbol. And I looked at the back of the dollar bill, and I thought, okay, God, what are you telling me? And of course, when you go to the post office, you're very likely to see the picture of the American Eagle on a lot of governmental buildings. It's there because that is our official symbol. So I thought, okay, so the U.S. is growing out of the lion. Where do we come from? We grew out of Great Britain, our mother country. How did God know all this 2,300 years before the Declaration of Independence? It's amazing. Now, there's another Time Magazine article, October the 27th of 1980. It depicts the eagle and the bear overlooking the globe. The globe has a fuse, the fuse is lit, and the caption says the Gulf, speaking of the Persian Gulf, the Middle East, will it explode? Time Magazine is using the symbols from God's Bible. Okay, I was speaking on this subject. It was way back in September of 1988. There was a book out called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. My phone was ringing off the hook because I specialize in Bible prophecy. People were saying, hey, this guy is saying that Jesus is coming back between September the 9th and September the 13th of 1988. Is it going to happen? I said, no, it's not going to happen. A friend of mine called me saying, Look, they're so excited about this down here. It's on all of the talk programs. Would you please come down and do a prophecy conference for me at this time? I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. They say that the coming is supposed to happen between September the 9th, September the 13th. I'll come on the 9th 
and I'll stay through the 14th. And if the Lord comes, I guess I'll go to heaven from Tennessee. Anyway, I went down there. The first night I spoke on Great Britain, the United States, Russia, and Germany in Bible prophecy. Well, after the meeting, we went out to grab a bite to eat at a local Shoney's restaurant. We're standing there before going in, talking with the pastor and different members of the church. And one of the young ladies had drifted over to the newspaper displays in front of the restaurant. And all of a sudden she screamed out and said, right there it is. Look at that. Well, we all rushed over and there on the front page of USA Today, September the 9th, 1988, was a picture of the Russian bear nose to nose with Uncle Sam. And this caption said, USA, USSR, Glasnost. There will be more of this. Now, don't forget, it states that the wings were broken off and was made stand up on the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. We're going to talk in a moment about what that means. First of all, though, the breaking of the eagle's wings away from the lion. We all know that the Declaration of Independence happened on July the 4th, 1776. Would it surprise you to realize that July is the seventh month? It happened on the fourth day. Do you realize the prophecy of the breaking of the eagle's wings away from the lion happened in the seventh chapter, in the fourth verse, Daniel 7, 4? Pretty amazing. Well, then it says that the eagle was lifted up and given the heart of a man. What could that mean? Well, you know, as well as I do, that the United States has two symbols, not one. We have the eagle and we have Uncle Sam. Everything fits perfectly. Why did God do all this? Because he wanted you and me to understand when he was coming. But he didn't want everybody to understand. He only gave the understanding to those that would diligently seek him. That's what we're doing today. Well, I think you're getting the picture as to why it's one of the most important prophecies in the Bible, and that's what we're talking about here today. It's been a pleasure having my wife here with us. Um, The next uh, segment's going to be a lot of Irvin, so she's going to go ahead and step out so she can get to our kids. And I don't know, maybe you'll see more of her on Into the Age Plus for exclusive stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here. So glad you've joined us today. 
It's a prophecy that's not for everyone because you've got to be willing to be open-minded about what we're talking about today. And I don't want to take any more time. I want to get right to Irvin. So check out this last clip. I was preaching a revival in Melville, Louisiana. My off day was on Monday. We hold revival Tuesday through Sunday. And so that was my day to rest and sleep in. About nine o'clock in the morning, I woke up and the spirit of the Lord spoke to me so clear. It was not an audible voice, but it was in my mind. It's like the Lord said, go buy a newspaper. I've got something I want to show you. Well, it was so vivid. I jumped out of bed, put on some clothes, washed my face, combed my hair, and I stepped outside. Now, in this little town of Melville, they had one stop light and one filling station and one little grocery store, and that was about it. And I didn't know where I could even buy a newspaper. So I stepped outside. One of the ladies was there cleaning the church. So I said to her, where could I buy a newspaper? And she paused. She said, you know, really, I don't know. Now, she had lived in Melville 25 years. I don't think she was very much keeping up on the news. But then she said, you know, there's a little cafe over here. They may have one. I jumped in my car, drove over to the little cafe. I didn't go there to eat. I went there to buy a paper. I walked inside and sure enough, I spotted it. Over in the corner of the restaurant, I saw the newspaper machine. I put my dime in. That shows you it was a long time ago. I put it in. I pulled out the newspaper and I was stunned by what I read. Germany sells leopard tanks to the Netherlands. I had been asking God to show me who the leopard was. Well, I knew that America had some military equipment named after our eagle. As a matter of fact, we had a plane called the Eagle Fighter. And I read the article and it stated there that the leopard tank is the world's number one tank. Well, I searched further. I finally found out that Webster's online dictionary says the leopard is also the unofficial national animal replacing the tiger, which was along with the eagle, the national animal of Nazi Germany. Now, don't forget though, when it talks about the leopard, the Bible says that dominion was given to the leopard. I thought, what does that mean? Well, then it dawned on me that one nation has started the last three major wars, the Franco-German War of 1870, World War I, World War II, were all plotted, planned, and started by Germany, the leopard. Well, I continued to dig because I wanted to make sure I was right. And on April the 9th of 1984, I read from Newsweek magazine an article, and it was entitled, The German Malady. The word malady, of course, means sickness. So in this article, it said, Since the time of Charlemagne, the area that is now Germany has been the pivot of European history. In the past 120 years, the Germans have, watch this word, dominated Europe intellectually, industrially, and militarily. Remember, dominion was given to the leopard. All the pieces came together. And when I thought about Germany having dominion, of course, Germany started, like we said, the Franco-German War, World War I, World War II. During World War II, Germany almost conquered the entire world. Actually, it's a miracle that Adolf Hitler did not succeed in his world-ruling ambitions. 
this miracle is listed probably in your encyclopedia as a miracle. It's called the miracle of Dunkirk. Here's what happened. The German forces were sweeping through Europe. They swept very rapidly through France. The Allied armies were caught in a pincher movement by the famous blitzkrieg attack of the Nazi forces. And they had the Allied forces pinned against the English Channel. It was such a precarious situation that Winston Churchill actually called for a worldwide day of prayer and fasting. He asked the whole world, we're in trouble. We need God's help. Well, God, did he ever help? Because Hitler was back in his bunker and he watched at the progress. It was just happening too easy. So he decided perhaps he was falling into a trap. Something said to him, you're falling into a trap. So he ordered a halt for reassessment. He called his generals off the front lines. Now they were vivid with anger because they knew they had it, but they couldn't disobey their commander in chief. So back to Hitler's command bunker, they went. And after consulting with his generals, Hitler decided, okay, it's all right. Everything's fine. And he said, okay, go back, finish the job. Well, while they were back consulting with Adolf Hitler, Churchill and the commanders of the Allied armies mobilized every boat in France and in Britain. Now, you know that Britain is separated from France by the English Channel, about 18 miles wide, and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, they mobilized every boat they could get their hands on. And they pulled out over 338,000 men, the heart of the Allied army, and they got over safely into England. So that's the reason it's called the miracle of Dunkirk. When Hitler cranked his war machine back up, he only captured 40,000 troops. The rest of them lived to fight again another day. Now, before we leave the leopard though, we need to ask the question, why did the leopard have four heads? The lion had one head, the bear had one head, but the leopard had four. Why? Well, because a beast in Bible prophecy symbolizes a nation or an empire, but multiple heads on a beast portray the number of times that nation will rise and fall. Well, there's been the First Reich, the Second Reich, Hitler's famous Third Reich, the word Reich means kingdom, and the Fourth Reich, which is now rising. I actually have a book in my library entitled The Fourth and Richest Reich by Edwin Hartrich, how Germany conquered the post-war world economically. Oh, one more thing about the leopard. The prophecy states that on the back of the leopard were four wings of a fowl. Now, I wondered about this for a long time, but one day I stumbled across some information you all have probably heard of the Franco-German alliance. Since World War II, France and Germany have worked together to rebuild Europe. It's called the Franco-German alliance. Together they have built the common market, which now has become the powerful European Union. Well, the Franco-German alliance here is depicted as the wings of a fowl. I found out that the official emblem of France is a rooster, which is a fowl. So here you have Germany, 
with the wings of France, the rooster, on its back. With the four heads, the first right, the second right, the third right, the fourth right. These prophecies are so accurate. And remember, written 2,500 years ago, but all coming to pass right now. The last beast in the Daniel 7 prophecy talks about a ten-horned beast. Here's what it says in Daniel 7, 7. Behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it had ten horns. First question, what are the ten horns? We don't have to guess. Like I said before, the symbols in the prophecy are interpreted for us later on in the chapter. Verse 24 of chapter 7 says, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. So a beast represents a nation or a kingdom, but multiple horns represent the number of kings in a given alliance. Now there's another prophecy about these same ten horns in Revelation 17, 12 through 14. Now this is talking about during the reign of the Antichrist. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords, and King of kings. And they that are with him are called, and chosen, and faithful. These ten horns, these ten kings, which will give their power and strength unto the Antichrist, and together with the Antichrist, they will fight against the Lamb, Jesus Christ, at his second coming. Now let's ask this question. Who is the little horn that comes up among the ten in Uproach 3? Daniel 7, 8 tells us. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. The little horn that comes up in Uproach 3 will be the Antichrist. How do we know that? Because Daniel 7, 21 through 22 tells us. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So this last little horn is going to make war against the saints until the second coming of Jesus. It actually tells us in this passage. Well, let's actually read it, Daniel 7, 23. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. Now, what does this tell us? It tells us the Antichrist will make war against the saints for time, times, and half a time, for three and a half years. The Bible tells us the Great Tribulation will last for three and a half years. Now, many commentaries say the Great Tribulation is seven years. Would it surprise you to know there's not one scripture in the entire Bible 
that teaches a seven-year tribulation, but there are six specific scriptures that say the great tribulation will last for three and a half years. In this chapter, it says the Antichrist will make war against the saints for time, times and a half a time, three and a half years. And then verse number 27 of Daniel 7 tells us, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This depicts the second coming of Jesus Christ when he puts down all thrones. Remember, Daniel 7, 9, I will be held till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit. This is depicting the establishment of the kingdom of God. Let's talk about our next lesson. Now that we know the identity of the lion, the eagle, the bear, the leopard, and the ten-horned beast, we will explain in our next lesson why the nations that are symbolized by these beasts, why they are merged into one beast in Revelation chapter 13. As I stated, if we don't understand Daniel 7, we cannot understand the combined beast with the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. Now this is going to be a great revelation that every single one of us must understand because we are living in the middle of this development right now. That next lesson is available at watch.endtime.com under the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So go there and check it out. It's available on demand 24-7. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you then. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 